welcome everybody to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your co-host John Fitzpatrick and joining me as always is my fellow co-host Alistair Kirschpool, AKP. I heard you were quite the heckler on Saturday. Tell us what happened. <laughs> yep, I was very vocal from the stands, as were a, a lot of people. Um, there was a really good crowd out there on, on Sunday. Um, we were a little concerned, Mother's Day. Sunday, sorry, I said Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Sunday game this time little concerned that it was mother's day but um you know plenty of mothers out there at at the rugby and yeah best crowd they've had this year yeah fortunately old glory came up short but again we've talked about this i don't think the score line truly reflected how competitive of a game it was um new england got it got away from old glory a little bit there at the end Certainly some missed opportunities by Old Glory that we're going to talk uh, about in a little bit. Old Glory was able to get at least uh, a valuable table point. Again, all those table points matter as we get um, to the latter point of the season with only five games remaining and a very short turnaround against Toronto on Thursday, which I'm super excited about. Uh, AKP, what were your... What was your instant reaction after the whistle blew after 82, 83 minutes there? Yeah, it was a... I mean, you never like to blame the ref. At the time, I was I was very much blaming the ref. Having had a bit of time to, to go back over it in my head, there were definitely... It was definitely old glory that, that um, messed this up. They had the opportunities there, and they, they didn't take them. There were some oversights in defense that that let the the free jacks through there were some uh, lack of clinicalness on attack where they just an extra pass here or you know just pushing it a little bit going out of bounds that sort of thing so old glory really could have won this one i think and i guess that's the real conclusion it, it was a missed opportunity old glory could have could have come away with this but but they didn't No, they didn't. Um, you know, again, we we talked about this last episode, the games that we identified that they have to win. This certainly would have been a nice a nice to have one, not necessarily um, absolutely had to win. But I'm going to call this right now. I'm going to come out with a bold prediction here. Old Glory DC will play New England again before the season is over in the Eastern Conference final what do you think of that i like it i like it as a prediction <laughs> hot take here spicy hot takes and i'm fired up fired up today um all right let, let's get into it we always start off going through the rounds we're through 13 rounds now it's crazy how quickly the season has, has, has flown by and it's just like a marvel that again we're in the we're in the playoff hunt which is important here but through 13 rounds, <clears throat> Old Glory, five wins, six losses. So we dip back under 500, third in the Eastern Conference right now. That draw between the Arrows and Rugby ATL, that had to help Old Glory out a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, it's obviously it was better than a, a five-point ATL win, which would have would have put them like just one point behind us, I think, in the standings. But yeah. So they still got Tied. three table points out of it, so it was you know it wasn't they still gained a couple points on us in the in the standings, so not as good of it as it could have been. If Toronto could have pulled out that win, that would have been excellent for us. Yeah, 
Yeah. And of course, Nola Gold, they lost to San Diego Legion. I think most fans were, were expecting that one. Certainly, if Nola Gold would have won that one, that would have certainly shaken things up a lot more in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, New York was able to squeak out a, <laughs> they barely got it. They were squeaked out a testy match there against the Chicago Hounds, winning by one. So now they have jumped back into second place. Can you believe the New York Ironworkers now are right back in the mix, getting healthy at the wrong time of the season? But, hey, that's why the Eastern Conference is going to be fun to watch these next five rounds. AKP, you've, you've run through the model. Give us the playoff odds as they stand right now in the Eastern Conference. So right now, top of the Eastern Conference, um, or well, apart from New England, obviously, is New York with 82% chance. Then it's us, D.C., 62% chance, which is down a bit. Then Rugby ATL at 44%. They dramatically improved their their chances. And then NOLA with 13% chance. They really needed to, to come away with something against San Diego, like a bonus point or two to keep in it, and they just got nothing. So it will be tough for them to get back into it now. Yeah. Hey, look, we, if we can start bearing teams so it's less of a thing that old glory needs to worry about less competition for the second and third seeds i'm all for it old glory has a very important game on thursday night uh which is certainly uh, we're going to talk about it'll be be fun to watch here but i want to i want to jump in and let's talk and get our reaction to the new england free jacks game right off the jump was there anything that stood out for you, good or bad, in the game? What, what immediately comes to mind when I ask for your immediate reaction? Well, I have to say it was a it was a fun game to watch in the stands. It was a very exciting game, ten tries total, um, a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, fun play, which I feel like we've been missing a bit. We've had a lot of rainy games recently, so it was it was good to see the team sort of get back up to full speed yeah something that my immediate reaction after the game was uh and again i we've brought this up multiple times before but there's not a quit in this team you could tell they were playing as hard as they could to the final listen and that's all you can ask of your team right that you can see in some games when you know as, as the clock gets on there's not much you can do to try and win in the sense that the game is over, right? It's maybe too far out of reach. Even when the game got away from Old Glory, and again, I don't think the scoreline reflected how competitive the game it was, there wasn't a quit in the team. There was still fire and passion from the players. They were still battling to the last second. And that's all I ask of Old Glory, right, is that they continue to put forth that awesome effort. And they did. Because, again, I think that culture, the leadership on this team, what they're building, I think they understand that they are a a good squad. And they may have just had a missed opportunity here against New England, and it would have been a nice-to-have win. So I'm proud of the fact of the effort that the boys put out there. um, Because I think we are entering an extremely critical stretch here where a 62% playoff chance here, like, let's close this thing out. Yeah, and when you, I I especially want to call out the uh, old glory bench on on your point because, you know, both teams emptied their bench pretty early into the game, somewhere around like the fifty fifth minute, fiftieth um, fifty fifth minute. Um, they started putting on all the subs, New England, because they were ahead by a bunch, and us because 
New England was ahead by a bunch. Um, and we've got that short turnaround for for Toronto, so rest some of the, the major guys. But, I mean, Old Glory's bench really is what got them back into the game. A lot of players coming off the bench, putting in good minutes, and we were the better team um, for a lot of that second, second half. And that has to do with the depth of guys that we've got. I mean, when you can bring someone like Colin Gross off the bench when he's when he's the quality of player you're bringing off the bench or Marcos Young in the backs like that's some quality quality reserves we've got there let's talk about Colin Gross for a second I agree completely with that statement early in the season there was some chatter on rugby Twitter about how Sam Gala is running away with uh, rookie of the year but as we've continued to harp on this podcast Colin Gross, I don't know about if it's quietly anymore, has been putting together a very steady, steady performance in his rookie year in Major League Rugby. And again, in 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 a position where forced into the starting lineup for, for the better part of the of the season because of key injuries uh, at the lock position. And yeah, he can he can move around a little bit in the back row. But and I think Sam is a great player. But I don't think the rookie of the year conversation is over yet. I think Colin Gross is certainly starting to continue to make more noise there, and I hope I hope more fans of MLR are starting to recognize the contributions that Greg Gross and his just performance so far this season. Yeah, yeah, and there's a strong argument to be made that um, Gullah's had better stats, but a lot of that's because he's on a team that is a lot worse than Old Glory. He's been asked to do a lot more. So he's got a lot of more meters gained than um, than Colin Gross does, but he's also on a team that has struggled to get meters and score, and so he's been asked to carry a lot of that, take on a lot of that ball carrying duty in a way that you know Colin Gross's job is more to to fit into all of the other um, to the broader attack that Old Glory has, and he's not being asked to carry and to gain meters the way Gro- or the way Gala is. And the same with, like, tackles and stuff. Old Glory has a lot more consistent tackling across the entire team. Um, There's really no one who doesn't contribute on the tackling front. And so Gross hasn't, you know, he may be a little bit behind in that stat, but he's also, that's partly just because he's not being forced to, to tackle as often. He doesn't have to for the team to be successful. In some ways, he shouldn't. You don't want one person on your team doing all of the tackling, so... I would argue that that uh, a lot of the difference in their stats is just that that Gull is on a worse team and and has therefore had to work harder. And credit to him for stepping up, but that doesn't make him a better player. Yeah, true. Both both great players, um, and we're excited for the for the young talent that's in Major League Rugby, particularly domestic talent too. If you're if we're talking men's Eagles, but you know if you looked at the squad that New England rolled out there, this they they. This is well. This their top squad that they that, that match day twenty three that they rolled out there. Uh, <laughs> Waka, you know, came back. Certainly a, a quieter game. I think they were just getting them out there, getting a couple of minutes. It was cool to see last year's player of the year come out there. But New England rolled out a pretty formidable lineup, and Old Glory hung with them, right? And, and again, the, the score line got away a little bit. Again, I don't think it was truly reflective of how competitive the game was, but there's definitely a couple of things that I got to nitpick with 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 Old Glory here. Um, yes, we're a fan podcast, but you know it's okay to 
provide some constructive criticism if it helps the boys get better if they're listening or not. But I thought there were a couple opportunities. I think there were some missed opportunities in the game. We'll talk about that in a bit. But there's also times when Oakland were driving with the ball where I don't know if it was the excitement of you know driving down there and getting within 5, 10 meters, but it just seemed like there were a couple of instances where there was trying to do maybe one too many offloads or cute little passes where it's just going to the ground, maintaining possession, having our guys get to the breakdown and, and cycle the ball out where we could have held on to possession more and start to build more phases. And ten, there were, instead, there were a couple of times in the first half where we turned the ball over because it felt like we were trying to do too much. I don't know, AKP, did you pick up on, on any of that at all? Yeah, I guess that's what what we sort of mean by clinical isn't it they there's yeah. and it's it's understandable there's a, there's two different ways to play the game you can either focus on you know really trying to make the most of every opportunity you get like it, it's riskier but when it works it works really really well or you can play a safer game you know really hold on to the ball but you know then if it you risk never actually breaking through and so yeah maybe we were we might have been a little overbalanced and a little too hard on the risk. And um, if we played a little safer, we might have might have broken through. But, I mean, New England was also doing a good job shutting down our safe attacks. So maybe that's not true. Maybe we needed more risk, more creativity to break through. I don't know. It's a good point, right? And and I think you're right. I think that that risk taking kind of plays into Old Glory's favor. There's some we've got dynamic players there in the back line, and we're going to talk a little bit about how it was great to actually see Tito and and Grady play more than 40 minutes uh, together. But let's not forget that New England has the the best defense uh, in Major League Rugby. Their points against is 186. A lot teams aren't scoring a lot of points on New England and. Well, glory again. It's the second time where they were able to get the, the bonus point tries, four tries against New England, two consecutive games they were able to do that. So they certainly were trying there. And maybe I was just nitpicking a little bit. But, man, it just seemed like there were a couple instances where just hanging on to the ball a little bit more could have helped get some phases together. And I think you're right. The, the half to, to finish, like New England, they do a good job of capitalizing on the opponent's mistakes, and they can turn things around quickly. I mean, we saw that what happened when, you know, the ball went out of bounds. New England did a quick line out. I don't know what really was going on there. The ball gets thrown in, boot down the field. You know, uh, how quickly things can turn around if you... And I don't think O'Glory took a moment off there. But New England, they can react quickly. And they can they can score in a bunch if they need to. And we certainly saw that there in the game, particularly a good response after O'Glory had just scored to, to get back into the game. Yeah, for me, uh, like you say, New England's got a really good defense. I think we scored more than our fair share of points against them, considering how much other teams have struggled against them. But for me, the, the bigger problem was defensively. We've seen in the past teams be able to hold New England down and prevent them from scoring, and we just, we just couldn't quite do that i mean there were we did a really good job a lot of the time it has to be said 90 percent tackle rate on the game which is excellent we um, for the most part held our structure we weren't especially caught out by their kicking game i thought we actually had the better kicking game 
for the most part. But then there were just key moments where we just missed. There was, and I, it, it just sticks in my mind because it happened right in front of me. But there was one where Balakana just pushed Tito off a tackle and and broke all the way down and like was able to pass it off for a for a score. And it was that just you know we may have may not have missed many tackles, but the ones we missed were the absolutely critical ones, and that was disappointing to see and i guess credit to new england for making the most of their opportunities but it it feels like if we can tighten up those those moments if we can get better in those critical moments in the match where they have the opportunity of scoring we could have done a lot better to hold them down as well yeah i want to hit on the the point about uh the benches i think new england I think a lot of folks know that New England is a very talented team. They've got a pretty deep roster. But to your point, Old Glory's roster, the the rest of their match day 23, is starting to look a lot more robust. You talked about it earlier, how we can bring Colin Gross now coming off the bench with some players getting healthy. From Martinez, players like that. Owen Sheehy making uh, a presence there. It doesn't seem like there is... um, as much as a, a drop-off anymore, maybe in, in performance, which only bodes well for Old Glory down this, this critical stretch here. And you know, I think it's, it's a credit to Old Glory and the move, the personnel they moves they've made over the last few weeks to really shore up some key positions. And I'm excited to see you know, how these, these players will continue to, to gel in these next couple of weeks. You know, other things that we got to talk about, the first time we saw Nico Jones on the field uh what were your impressions of nico oh he was fantastic i mean he's such a big guy and then his ability to just slip out of tackles he just doesn't go down easily and it was it was so much fun to watch him just sort of keep dancing keep running and not never quite hit the ground and yeah excellent i could get used to watching him regularly i hope he i hope he sticks with us uh next year too yeah, that would be great for, for, for Jones to stick around. Uh, we had a couple other players come back. Um, anybody else in, in your mind that, that stood out for you? Well, I mean, Nangali coming back, huge, huge for us. I mean, it's he's been out a lot of the more recent matches, but when in the first half of the season, he was one of our best ball carriers. He was um, a consistent tackler. He's a huge presence in the line out literally just tall like physically large presence in the line out and um that contributed to we had more line out steals than them we had five line out steals in this match to their three so excellent to have two proper locks at the lock position i mean colin gross did a great job at lock don't get me wrong but Mm -hmm. like fundamentally that's not the position he's going to be playing at professional level so it was it was good to get some two to have two nice tall locks at, at lock again. And they are they are some crusty veterans. They are I, I feel like your locks need to be like dudes you don't want to mess with. And Kyle Bailey and Savita, they are dudes that are going to run hard. They are gonna to look to run over you and they're gonna to look to lay some wood. And that they were fun to watch to see them pair up for the first time this season. Uh yeah, big scary dudes, menacing looks, uh, only good things 
uh, for old glory. Hey, but hey, we got to go. We got to talk about Tito and, and Grady finally being able to like put some things together here. I know that was something that you had talked about. And at first I was like, no, AKP, there's no way they're going to get both of them on the field at the same time. And I was wrong as I am about most things. But let's talk a little bit about it. What did you see from them? They did, they did combine on a, on a crafty little score. Um, what stood out for you? What stood out for me is the way that when you give, when you have Graydon in at ten, and he's he's an excellent distributor, he's great at reading the field, and then you put Tito on the at fifteen, that means Tito can sort of enter the line wherever he wants to. He can enter that attacking line wherever he wants to, and so his vision for as an attacking fly half is is really well used there, and so he was able to to find space and find gaps and get himself where he needed to be and also to have much more time than he usually gets at at 10 to make decisions and figure out what he's going to do and so I thought it worked really well. I think Tito's not quite as good of a defensive fullback as say Kurt Baker was but I think we can get around that. I think we can I don't think that's a that's a huge long-term problem. I think he'll he'll figure it out, and frankly, it's worth it for the attack. Yeah, I agree, and it'll be interesting to, to see what happens, because now we finally figured out why Kurt Baker was out of the lineup there for a little bit. It wasn't because he was injured. It's because he returned back home. He was on uh, paternity leave for the birth of his child, so congratulations to the Baker family there. So when Kurt comes back, and again, we don't know when he'll be back, so... Not sure if he'll be back for the match against the Arrows on Thursday night, but there'll be some interesting uh, selection process there. If um, you know, do we keep Tito and Grady together? Do you throw Baker back in the mix? Um, uh, a lot to see, and some tough decisions, but also some good decisions, right? Just goes to show, I guess, the the depth that um, Old Glory is starting to put together for this team. AKP, any other individual performances that we should call out before we uh, start looking ahead? Yeah, I just want to call out Owen Sheehy for getting his first try. He's been with the team for, I think this is his third year now with Old Glory, and uh, got got his first try in the second half there, so congratulations to him. It was a great try, too. Yeah, 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 well worked. Good yeah. team try, and then well finished by by Sheehy to to get them over so absolutely hopefully many more to come from Mr. Owen She okay AKP so that was round 13 again missed opportunity to gain a valuable table point let's take a current look at the standings in the Eastern Conference New England top they've got 43 points they've played 11 games two now New York they've got 32 points They've played 12 games, but they are on by this round. And in third place, Old Glory DC with 30 points, 11 games. Fourth, Rugby ATL with 27 points. They've played 11. Nola Gold now in fifth place. They've got 26 points. They have played 12 games. And, of course, the Toronto Arrows in sixth place with 11 points. They've played 11 games. So, again, between second and, and fifth, you know, they're only six points separates second from fifth place. Still a lot of rugby left to play. Still a lot of jockeying for positions here. And 
let's talk about this final stretch. So let's review after uh, the break there that Old Glory had. They had seven remaining games, so we identified they had to beat Dallas, and they certainly did. Got that win. That helped. Home against New England. Again, a game that would have been nice to have. You know, it would have been nice to knock off the top team in the Eastern Conference. Came up short, did get that valuable tampa point. So now that sets us up for a very short turnaround. Thursday night, that's an FS2 game. So that's a you know national broadcast game right there. I believe it's a 7 p.m. Uh, kickoff. So set your remotes for that. Old Glory DC on the road at Toronto. And then home against Seattle at NOLA at Houston. And then home against Atlanta to close out this season. This is a game where we identify that Old Glory needs to win. Toronto now all of a sudden is starting to get a little bit better. AKP, do you have the have you run through the numbers again on the odds based on our record in the final five matches, how things will play out and what our playoff chances look like? Yeah. So looking at this this final stretch here, it actually in some ways it hasn't really changed from from last week. If we get no more wins, if 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 we go 0 and 5 the remaining stretch, we'll have a one percent chance of getting in. Very unlikely. <laughs> yeah. If we go one and four, it's a fifteen percent chance. So still very unlikely, but possible. And it really flips when we get to to two and three. If we can win, get two more wins in here, we get up to a sixty-two percent chance to make it into the playoffs. Wow. And if we can go three and two, then we get a ninety-six percent chance of making the playoffs. So basically, just like last week, we need two or three, two to three wins to to get in the playoff, like two, ideally three. And you know, we didn't beat New England, and so we still need two to three wins to get in the playoffs. And our playoff odds have gone down slightly, but that's just because we now have one fewer opportunities to get those two to three wins. New England was probably one of the hardest probably the hardest uh match left on our schedule so it was the least likely one to be a win anyway but as you say toronto i mean they're one and nine they're a, a terrible team they've had a, a really rough time of it this season and you've got to think that this is the easiest match that we have left on the schedule i mean it's going to be tough because it's a road game and all that and it's it's they're at home and we're not but you gotta think that this is a must win. Yes, <clears throat> yes. G- given what you just said about the the odds and how much they increase between one more win the rest of the season and two more wins the rest of the season. So if you win two more games the rest of the season, Old Glory what finishes seven and nine? Can, if there's no draws, that's probably the third seed, right? You're, I don't. I highly doubt that going seven and nine will help Old Glory get the two seed. Right, so yeah, probably it'll not. Be like third, yeah, and you're playing on the road in the in the the, the first uh, eliminator game, either New York, Nola, or Atlanta. Three wins takes you up. What, what was that number? Ninety what? Ninety six. Ninety six. I don't think I've ever gotten to ninety six in my life on anything. So if Old Glory can just win two more games, and you're right, it's got to start with this the Toronto Arrow games because here's the deal. Yes, I know Toronto plays well at home, and yes, they've they've they're struggling this year. They are a better team over the last two weeks since they got eighty dropped on them, 
or three weeks since they got 80 dropped on them from uh, New England. But if Old Glory is serious about wanting, again, we talked about this, wanting to be a contender for the playoffs, this is a game that you need to win. you got to have a bounce-back uh, performance um, after losing to New England Free Jacks to just kind of let everyone else know that, hey, Old Glory, we're serious. And they are a serious team, so that's why, in my mind, this is, this is one of the two that they absolutely have to win. And I do think Old Glory has a shot at winning three more games the rest of the season. I think we have an opportunity to potentially maybe steal one from that's either Seattle or, or Houston, but I think it has to start with Toronto. Like, there's no way around it. Old Glory has to beat yeah. Toronto here if they want to be considered serious contenders. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – it makes the, the road very tough if you don't beat Toronto. The team wants to play on hard mode. I guess they can do that. But uh, for the sake of my sanity, I really hope that they can beat – they just beat Toronto and, and get themselves into a good space. So let's 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 talk about the Toronto Arrows and and, and I don't mean to dogpile them on them here, but hey, you mentioned they've got one win and nine losses. They only have 11, 11 table points. Yes, they have a good record historically at home. How do you beat the Arrows team? How does Old Glory DC beat this Arrows team? So it's it's one of those where they they have gotten better. So I'm mostly drawing this off of their their last match against Rugby ATL. That's that's the best match they've played in in weeks. And like you say, they've gotten a lot better. They have a lot of fire. They really, they really want to win a game, and you can tell from the way they play. And they have enough experienced guys back that they have, that they can actually harness that fire correctly. It's not just being wasted on, you know, young players really just trying to make anything happen. So they are going to come out hard. They're going to. They're going to really try and bring it. They're going to be physical. And the thing for Old Glory is to just not be too comfortable, um, not be too, you know, they need to match that with fire of their own. We've seen what Old Glory looks like when they don't, aren't super into it, when they're, they're maybe a little complacent. Like, I think that was a big problem in the Dallas match. Part of the reason they weren't, they didn't perform as we expected in that match is they just didn't quite have the same fire is the team they were playing and i think against toronto they will need to to bring that fire so so not getting too comfortable not being complacent that's going to be step one and then they need to control possession like we were talking about risk and risk versus reward i think if you don't give this toronto team ball to play with they're not going to be able to score they haven't shown themselves to be a particularly explosive team like they're not like new england was able to score with minimal possession at times when new england scored it was mostly they got the ball they kicked it they had one person break tackle and then there was enough support to finish it toronto is not really going to be able to do that in the same way to us so if we play a more conservative type of rugby and we just focus on smashing it up with our forwards focus on you know our backs really just just pushing it up very physically, I think we'll be able to to really suffocate them as a team and not let them get a foothold. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think for 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 Old Glory here, it's 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 looking at the the calendar and looking at the opportunity that they have in front of them right now. Knowing that yes, it's a short turnaround, but after this one is over. They have a little bit more time to recover for a home match against the Seattle Seawolves that 
I think here Old Glory has, and they should play for this, and I think they will just based on their offense, they have an opportunity here to really grab a, a five-point win. I mean, a five-table point win, right? So the four tries and then and making sure that the arrows don't hang within seven points. Seven or eight, I think it's seven points, right? Um, so if I'm Old Glory DC here, it's got to be right from the jump. <clears throat> Take control of this game, score early, score often, really be clinical and, and try and bury the arrows in the first half and really just take command of the game. Walk in there saying, hey, we are a contending team. This is a game we need to win. We need to win by a lot. Let's go right, right out from the jump and, as you said, attack them. Hit them with the forwards. Get Nico Jones rumbling. Get Anguali rumbling. You know, give it to, to Jama. Get get all those guys running and running hard. Let's soften up that pack and let's create some opportunities for our backs to go out there and score. I will contest with, with a couple of things about Toronto. I do think they have a couple of pieces maybe in the back line where if there's some loose play, they have some game breakers like a Mitch Richardson who's, who's, who's run off some long ones. They've got Bowen who a couple of weeks ago had, you know, that hat trick or whatever. And they've, you know, they got that wing, uh, Ottoman, 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 I think guys that, that have some speed there. So I think old glory in defense needs to just be aware. And I think they will be, but I think it starts from, as you said, possession, getting the ball to the forwards and let's just pound them in, score early, score often, and really take control of this game and, and go after that, that five, table point win that old glory um is going to need in this one yeah yeah and i want to clarify with the you know they do have some dangerous pieces and that's part of what conservative play will help um because when you looked at when you looked at toronto's tries that were were explosive like that with bowen and um, richardson and stuff it wasn't that was a lot of coming a lot of those came from mistakes from their opponents when their opponents were trying to do a little too much or when they're when they manage to get a turnover and you know um, quickly shift from defense into attack like that's that broken play is where they those those key star playmakers that toronto has were able to do something but if old glory is playing a more conservative game if they're not making reckless passes and they're not um, get having players get isolated and then turned over i think you give far fewer opportunities to Toronto for those playmakers to make a difference. Nice. All right, AKP, let's move to uh, the score prediction. Give us the model's prediction, and then give me your prediction, the score. So the model only has DC by one point, Hmm. which I don't quite... I can't quite explain that because uh, we're much better than Toronto is, and the model knows it, but... And Toronto hasn't even been that good at home recently. Like, they have a good all-time record at home, but this season they haven't been that that great at home, so. Okay. What What's your score? Oh, you know, I'll go. I'll jump first. Here's my score prediction. Old Glory jumped out to an early lead. They get four tries before the end of the first half. The second half, they maybe get another one or so, but they they build on their lead and they control the game by kicking for points, maintaining possession, I like Old Glory in this one to win by at least 10. I'm thinking like a 34-24 Old Glory DC win. That's a good prediction. I think it might actually get closer than that. I like your your story you're telling there about um, Old Glory getting the lead quickly. I think that is likely to happen. But I think Toronto will fight back into it pretty well. And I, 
I have old glory by five points. Okay. <clears throat> so that would mean they would get four table points, which is fine. No, old glory would get five. Win. Yeah, it doesn't matter. How much um, did you have him win by? By five points, but it doesn't matter how much your opponent Sorry. scored. Yeah. Yeah, you get four for the win I mean, and then yeah, one, yeah. one for the yeah. four tries. So I think Old Glory will have a five-point win there. And a, a five-table point win and a five-match point win. Yeah, yeah. my yeah, my yeah, I don't know what I was talking about there in the last second. I think I blacked out there. So, um, cool. Okay. Yeah, agreed. You, t- you Tell me sometimes you got to be like, John, shut up because you don't know what you're talking about on certain things. And, or just there's, there's got to be a mute button somewhere. All right, so we both agree that Old Glory wins this one. It's going to be a five-table point win for Old Glory DC. Okay, all right, very good. Moving on, let's do our quick-fire picks for round 14 of MLR. There are two teams on by in this round, um, New York Ironworkers and then the San Diego Legion are on by. Again, the first game of round 14, Toronto versus DC on Thursday night. We both predict Old Glory to win that one. Next up on Saturday afternoon at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Atlanta at home against the Dallas Jackals. AKP, give me the models prediction and then give me your score prediction. Unsurprisingly, the model has Atlanta by 10 points. Solid win there. I think that's about accurate, but I'll say Atlanta by 14. I think it might be closer. I think Atlanta wins this one. I think Dallas will hang with them a little bit. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to split it in half. I'm going to say Atlanta by seven. Yeah, I think that's fair. There we go. So then moving on, and then Saturday night, I hope you're staying up late. Two Saturday night games, starting first, Utah Warriors at home against the Houston Sabercats. This is a big game in the Western Conference. Saturday night, 9.30 p.m. This is a battle of Houston, currently in third place in the Western Conference with 36 table points. Utah Warriors are in fourth place with 33 table points. Utah's at home. AKP, what does the model say will happen? Yeah, so crucial game, and the model is giving it to Utah by six points. Oh, by six. Oh, what do you think is going to happen? You know, I think Utah, I feel like Utah, they they had a really good run there a couple of months ago. Then they sort of fell off a little bit, but I, I think they're they're back on the upswing. So, And Houston's struggled a bit recently, so I'm going to take Utah by three. I'm going to take a classic Utah win where they are, you know, down all throughout the match, and then they really come back in the second half and, like, you know, show-stopping win at, like, the 82nd minute a try to, to grab him a three-point win. I swear, AKP is not looking off my notes because I, I have the same way. I think it's a, it's a Utah, Utah scores to take the lead with, like, two minutes left in the game, and there's a mad scramble at the end as they prevent Houston from, 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 from scoring to try and win the game. I, the reason why I want Utah to win this game, and I think Houston's a good team, I want Utah to win this game just so that... Um, the the playoff picture in the Western Conference isn't settled with with still you know four games remaining after that that I don't want Utah to lose this game and then it's like okay we've got our clear three playoff teams in the Western Conference you know I want Utah and Houston to still be battling it out that um, 
you know, and plus, I love the way Utah plays. You know, you, we, we smiled about it because, you know, Utah, they're, they're in the game, they're out of the game, but it's always going to be ententaining. I love what they're building there in Utah. That I'm going to go with you, too. I like Utah to win this one. I'm going to go with three. Yeah, Utah win by three. Consensus. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And then another Saturday night game. This is at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Seattle... Uh, at home against the Chicago Hounds, AKP. What does the model say will happen here? Yeah. So the uh, the near win a couple days yesterday. The near win yesterday, notwithstanding, the model has Seattle by nineteen. So comprehensive victory, and I I sort of think that will be the case. I mean, Chicago really was able to bring it to New York. But I think Seattle's a different beast, and I'll, I'll take them by a little bit less, though. I'll say 15 points. Seattle by 15. Yeah, I think that's fair. If you, if you remember back uh, six or seven weeks ago or so, Chicago, I think, played Seattle at home, and I predicted a Chicago Hounds victory over the Seattle Seawolves. I believe that was the case. We're going to have to go back and check the notes. I was like, yep, Chicago's got a chance at this. They're going to win it. And I got, that was well, that was the game I think that ended um, at halftime I believe. Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the first yeah that was the first uh, weather cancellation lightning um, struck and then it struck twice obviously with the glory Dallas game, but I agree with you I think Seattle at home um, will control this game. Yeah I think it's going to be fifteen sixteen I'll go Seattle comfortably wins this game by seventeen points. All right, and then our final match of round 14, the New England Free Jacks at home hosting Nola Gold. That's a Sunday 3 p.m. game. Could really have new... Hey, can't, you know, it's hard for me to cheer for the New England Free Jacks, but I think in this case, uh, a win by New England would really help out Old Glories. Uh, you know, again, just to, to continue to... to bury some teams in the Eastern Conference. But before we say our score prediction, what does the model say is going to happen here? Well, the model has a very favorable result for Old Glory, New England by 14. Yeah, that's rich. What do you think? I think it's about accurate. I mean, NOLA has not looked the same in the last few weeks. I think that they will struggle to contain the explosiveness of the the New England offense. I think it will... I think it's again going to look like New England doesn't really deserve to win the match because that's just how New England plays is they never really look like they deserve to win but somehow have won anyway. But yeah, I expect New England to win by a couple of tries so 14 points over the the Nola Gold. Yeah, New England at home. Could Nola Gold go up there and surprise them? The return of Dougie Fife to uh, New England. Can, can Dougie Fife break the hearts of New England Free Jack fans up there? I don't think it's going to happen. I think New England's going to control this game, probably win pretty comfortably. I'm going to go, yeah, I think the scores might be, it could get away from, from, from Nola there. I'll go New England by 15. But Dougie Fife to get a hat trick and really rub it in the uh, New Englanders' faces. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be okay with that. Um, so that is MLR round 14. 
Hey KP, I, you know there's 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 five games left. This Thursday night game, which again I love midweek rugby. I, I love uh, all the eyes. You know the, the players probably gotta like the fact. You know it's like that Monday night football game or that Sunday night football game in the NFL, right? Where you're there's only two teams playing and everyone's watching you. And yes, the the scale's a little bit different with Major League Rugby, but they're the only game on Thursday night to kick off round 14. I'm excited for it. I'm a little nervous about it, of course, um, but. Hey, help me ease my nerves a little bit and let this be a therapy session for me. Close us out on, on the final thoughts about why um, why uh, Old Glory's going to win this game and what we have to look forward to after this. Well, Old Glory is definitely in the playoffs. We're still favored to make the playoffs. They're a better team than Toronto, and they just need to go out there and prove it. You're right. You're right. Put up or shut up I love it it's great stuff AKP always with the with the with the, the brevity I, I drone on and on and on and AKP just boils it down into 10, 10 words which is great so I'm going to shut up here so on that note everyone thanks again for listening to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast for my co-host Alistair Kirschpool I'm John Fitzpatrick we'll catch you next week Bye.